The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and this August has certainly been a roller coaster. But fear not, your favorite podcast is here to provide the soundtrack and the drinks that'll help you savor these final days of summer, or at least find solace in the thought that spooky season is on the horizon. Unless you're like me and wish we could skip straight from Labor Day to Thanksgiving. Please survive the dog days responsible. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I found a couple of people pre-ordering Barbie and Ken Halloween costumes on Amazon, and they are... Kaylin, your cocktail artist. And Lily, your copywriter. And also, I'm not sure if these microphones are picking it up, but the um, unofficial slash official mascots, pierogi and pizza, the pugs are squeaking a toy behind me they're they're fighting over a toy pig yeah pierogi just won (laughs) (laughs) it's just because he's a big chungus he has so much (laughs) mass for such a little boy let's get right to it this is our august round table so much has happened this month i really want to get into it so let's just head into the bar i think we've already shown all of our ids right i don't even think we need to wake up our bouncer who's sleeping at the door wait does he live here Mm, I think he lives under the the stairs, actually. I think rent is probably cheaper. Pierogi has opinions. <laughs> it's you know it's Sunday. I feel like it's a Saturday. It's, it's actually oh, wait, Saturday, it's not even, it's, it's not even Sunday. I just feel like this weekend has already been super long, and maybe that's just the month. August kind of feels like a slow, lazy, low effort month. Um, in fact, let's like head on into the bar. I I want to know. Before we start talking about our favorite and least favorite things about the month, what is everyone listening to to wrap up August and what are you pairing with it? Oh, you want me to go first? Everyone else is real sleepy today. So I found this at Whole Foods this morning. It's just an Underwood, Oregon-grown can of rosé wine. You know, sometimes you don't want to open a whole bottle and you're just feeling like you need something fast and easy, but still summery. So I'm going to open this. And I'm actually pairing this with the main alumni of the pod, 
their cover of Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer, which has been everywhere, even though that song is on Lover. I, I don't quite understand why it's blowing up the way that it is. Lily, do you have any insight into this? The only thing I can think is that it's the summertime sadnessification of another summer song. The summertime sadnessification? Just, yeah, just reiterating its relevance during a particular season. And it has been a very cruel summer. We survived a hurricane and and an earthquake in the same day. And I think like... Congratulations, y'all. I'm not sure if this is in earnest or not, but people have been trying to get Hurricane to trend on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Make it stop. I don't know if I like that. (laughs) Hashtag Hurricane. I don't know if we should get natural disasters trending. Yeah. Well, anyway, the main... It came out with a new album about a month ago, and I still haven't listened to it yet. I'm a big fan of all of their stuff, but they've been doing these pop covers for a bit. They had kind of a dream pop cover of Watermelon Sugar, which was so different and so good. And I love the original to begin with, the Harry Styles song. But yeah, their cover of Cruel Summer is pretty faithful. Um, You can hear all of the Taylorisms and like the cadence of the way that he sings and it just kind of works. So I'm actually going to take this can and I have a glass here that uh, I got at a theater. So what they do is they serve the wine in it and then they put like a coffee lid on it so you could take it into the theater without spilling it. Cool guy over here. This is my (laughs) this is my low effort summer. I'm listening to a low effort song. That's kind of where I'm at. So happy Saturday. I thought it was Sunday, everyone. Lily, what are you listening to to close out the month? I've been on a big Alex Turner kick recently and by that, I mean just every project he's been on, Arctic Monkeys, Last Shadow Puppets, his solo stuff. I've been a stan of his for a while. He's one of my favorite artists, but in the last couple of years, I've just kind of fallen off with his work. And in the last couple of weeks, though, it's just resurfaced, you know, caused me to start wearing winged eyeliner every single day. <laughs> so... That's been on repeat for me recently. And to pair with it, I decided to show you guys my interpretation of an Arabella, which is <sighs> the organic cigarettes that I stole from my roommates that she smokes <laughs> and the Mexican Coke. That's Ooh. actually just a cheer wine, but we can pretend. We're we pre- can pretend. We, we are we are in the magical bar right now. But the listeners can't even see. For all they know, I am drinking normal Starbucks coffee out of a Starbucks cup. I am not doing that, everyone. Just use use your imagination. Kaylin, what about you? Well, I'm going to start us off kind of happy, <laughs> and then we're going to go a little bit sad. <laughs> so back when we were at Bottle Rock, I saw Tuvalu... I actually cried during a couple of the songs because she speaks to like really real stuff, body image things, relationship stuff. And she actually sang a song that she just released officially, which is Elevator Eyes. And it's basically Mm. about her on vacation having this fling hookup situation. And it's so upbeat and exciting, sexy. And you don't want those moments to end, but you know that you're all going to go back home to your real lives and get back to that grind. Anyway, that's my happy song. I know that didn't that's sound happy. I know it didn't sound happy. I'm in a mood to this week. You know, last week I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of my sad girl phase. And this week I'm like, oh God, rent is coming due. It's not a phase, mom. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> right. So the other one, uh, Miley Cyrus just released used to be young. 
Yikes, I know where this is going. The title is pretty self-explanatory. You know, she's she's talking about how, you know, she used to be crazy. She used to be wild. She used to, like, go out all night and, and, you know, do all these things that were super fun. And all of her friends were super fun. And as you get older, your priorities kind of change. You're not staying out all night. You're not doing all of those, like, same social activities you did in your 20s. I've kind of read about this a bit, especially, you know, with the pandemic and how it affected our social lives. Making new friends takes a lot of time. There's actually like scientifically, you know, a certain amount of time that it can take to form a good relationship with another person or a good friendship with another person. And when you consider how much spare time we have as adults, as we get older, that possibility becomes diminished a bit. It was as if you like in your younger years have that time to actually devote to those friendships. And as you get older, you lose some of that. And if those friendships don't stick, you kind of over time have to sort of start over. And especially with relationships where you get so involved that your friendships kind of expire a bit because you've neglected them. So as I'm listening to Miley sing about not being young anymore, (laughs) I literally just started crying because I was like, oh my God, I'm about to go out this evening for this like Echo Park dance party kind of a situation. And as soon as I saw all of the madness that's in the photos from past events, I was like, oh, that looks like a lot. That's going to be too much. 22-year-old me would have been like, oh, my God, we're going to go out. I'm going to wear this cute dress. It's going to be so much fun, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm just like, oh, that's going to (laughs) hurt. I don't want to do it. I don't want to stay out past like 10. (laughs) We were talking to the lovely Zoomers who were on the pod last week, and the difference in energy was palpable. We're just like, don't don't forget to cycle water with your drinks, guys. Well, speaking of that, I haven't said what I'm drinking. Yeah, I'm, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking Trader Joe's cranberry and clementine sparkling water on ice because... Ooh, refreshing. I don't feel like drinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like curling up on a Saturday with a blankie and being in my 30s. Well, that was maturing. fun. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It's okay. You know, this is, like I said, very low energy month, but a lot has happened in it. And I want to get right to it. Let's start talking about our favorite things that happened in August so we can pick up the mood a little bit. So, (laughs) yes, we alluded to this in our last monthly roundtable, but Hozier's Unreal Unearth is finally out. And I know, Lily, that you have opinions on it, and so do I. So why don't and we I get... listen to the whole thing? You did. I did. So you Beginning can contribute. to end, I listened Woo. to the whole thing, and I'm very, very happy about it. Well, this is one of my favorite things of the month, so you already know my opinion. I am a big fan of it. I think that as a singular statement, it kind of is his best album in that respect. I said in our last episode that the pop standouts are few and far between, but it is a a vibe of an album front to back. I really picked up on the Dante's Inferno themes that you were talking about last time, Lily. So what are your opinions? You, You already know mine. Well, I agree with all of your opinions. I think that you are completely right. It is an amazing, like cohesive and striking piece. The references and the general concept is really well employed, but it's not over the top where you feel like you're just listening to like Dante's Inferno, the musical. Although we could get that eventually. Just, I mean, I, there, I think so there are not moments. Be mad about Dante's Inferno, the musical. That would be cool. I think there are moments, though. There are moments where it gets a little bit theatrical and he kind of leans into orchestral kind of wave 
that it's, gives you those totally. those grand feelings. Grand was the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. But it's not it's not like cheesy. Honestly, I as I was listening to it beginning to end, front to back, I was like, this would be an amazing opportunity to just like be in a beautiful theater for him to just perform beginning to end live, just as like a oh concert, my God, yeah. like. That movement from the start of the album to the end, it doesn't feel like it's a linear thing. It's like you don't really know where you're going on this journey. You're just Mm -hmm. going on it. And every single point of the journey is vastly different. Yeah, it's it's not quite linear, but it does feel like a journey. And I completely agree with you. Like the balance of those more theatrical moments with contemporary pop or Hozier's very sort of particular woodland fae style mm-hmm. um i think they, they blend really well i will say in terms of my personal taste some of the pop elements weren't my favorite it did feel a little bit like a divergence from the sound i usually love from hosier which is great to hear experimentation and change in an artist that i love so much but just in terms of some of the choices they weren't my favorite like when i hear hey, there's going to be a Brandy Carlisle and Hosier duet on his Dante's Inferno concept <laughs> album. What we got wasn't necessarily what I would have liked, but I still enjoy the song a lot. That was, was like my song favorite kind of song on me. there. I honestly, when, oh, I, when I first sorry. listened to it, I was like, hmm, this doesn't do it for it. Like I, it was, it yeah. just sort of stands out as this, he it's needed understated. to add it because he did it. But it do- it doesn't add anything to it for me. It doesn't take anything away, but it doesn't. It just it doesn't really need to be there. Yeah, it it felt like a song that I could see other artists singing. Like he could have written that song for other artists, and they could have produced it, and I would have probably enjoyed it just as much. Which when it's not just Hosier, but Brandy too. Like I love her music, and they have such particular styles that this just sort of felt a little generic between Mm -hmm. these two such just powerful artists maybe Mm -hmm. they canceled each other out i think that happens a lot you know with two very very particular creative people i mean even you know in any sort of collaboration whether it's design whether it's art whether it's music you have two people that come together with such strong stances in their own style and their own opinion and their own way of doing things sometimes those people will, I mean, especially if they're people pleasers, like let's, let's be honest here. If somebody's wants to just like make something work, they may take a step back and you don't end up having that powerhouse strong team. You have two people that are just trying to make it work. And I think that's what my issue was. Mm. What was your favorite on there though? So I feel like most of my favorites had already been released by the time we got the album. When I listened to it all the way through, like, Eat Your Young is probably one of my favorite songs that Hosier has ever made. And I'm just bummed that I've over listened to it so much. But right. in terms of the newer, Icarian is just, it's heart wrenching in the best way. It's such a gorgeous song. The lyrics are really touching. They're simple, but they tell a really powerful. And, um, and as we were talking about the theatrics before, First Light was like, a huge favorite for me. I felt like it was the perfect way to close the album. It was that great balance of Hosier's distinct Hosierness and the theatrical aspects of the album that I really enjoyed. I actually really gravitated towards Francesca. It just kind of it just kind of drew me in and I could relate to it a bit. I don't know. I felt like this longing for something that once was like missing something. Mm-hmm. 
you know me, I don't always read into things the same way and we all have kind of our unique responses to music. And honestly, I was listening to the entire album, so I've only listened to it once. But as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, I need to add this to a regular playlist that I listened to because it, it pulled my heart in. It made me feel like this is something special. Yeah, I had the huge privilege and pleasure to see Hozier in an intimate venue during his intimate tour of the U.S. And it was the first time he ever played Francesca before he had even released it onto streaming. And I remember Ooh. just standing in this tiny packed room seeing someone who I didn't think I was going to get to see in concert and then in such a cool space. And just, it felt like, I, I don't know, Movement has always been one of my favorite songs by him because of the way that that, I don't know exactly, the, the instrumental motif towards the end just hit so hard. And that's how that song felt. It gave me the exact same feeling of just a Damn. rush of like, whoa, mm -hmm. this is crazy. That would have been amazing to be surrounded by it and to be surrounded by other people that were like there feeling that with you. I was just in my car. <laughs> Honestly, I was in my car. I still felt wrapped up in place. it. In terms of disappointments, I do not oh, know why he didn't put through me the flood on there. I was like, where is it? Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like that was out of the, when he released those three songs the first time, that was like, my second favorite after Young and I was missing it. Well, maybe the Brandy Carlisle one took its place. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> it seems like we're kind of in agreement that this was a great album. An imperfect album, but still a great one. I had one more thing I wanted to talk about briefly that I really loved about August. And this just happened in the past week is that all of these artists are leaving Scooter Braun as their manager all at once. If no one remembers, he's the reason why we're getting Taylor's version of everything because he would not sell Taylor's masters to her after he bought what the the label who who had it or something like that. I'm I'm kind of forgetting it, but Justin Bieber left Demi Lovato, Ariana Grande, and Adina Menzel all in a week, and I don't know what to make of this because it, a couple things could be going on. Number one, either we're about to get like a drop of why he's a terrible person. I mean, we already know he's a terrible person, but yeah, if you're terrible in one way, you're probably terrible in other areas. Right. But also he is like the CEO of High B America. I think I'm pronouncing that right. But they're like the big K-pop label. So maybe he's just like, screw y'all. K-pop is the next big thing. And I'm just going to throw all my effort into this. I mean, K-pop is great and K-pop is big, but I wouldn't say it's the next big thing. Yeah, I think saying that K-pop is the next big thing is a little invalidating to all the K-pop that already exists because it is already the big thing just in Korea. And to give it that sort of Western centric perspective. Right. I, I mean, I yeah, it's like, cool. like, how are you going to make North American K-pop? Isn't by definition North America, not Korea, not, you know, East Asia? Yeah. It's one of those like Italian things. Like it's not this if it's unless it's from this place. Oh, yeah. You're talking about like it's not like Parmesan champagne. cheese it's, unless it's from Parma. Yeah. Or it's not sh if it's not real champagne unless it's from champagne. Mm -hmm. So what's the off brand name for K-pop from North America is the question. Oh, a God. A-pop. <laughs> is that what it would be? K-A-pop. Korean American pop. appropriation. Cultural yes. <laughs> there you go. CA pop. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a good That's done. A, and to be UN. honest, I'm glad that K pop is being seen as a 
market in America. You know, like I'm glad that people are taking more of an interest in it. It is a cool area of music and like the whole business behind it has always really fascinated me. I, I've talked about this a lot with other with artists that we've interviewed, you know, that there's so many facets to the music industry and to all the different parts of it. And there's the part of it where you're writing music. There's the part of it where you're recording music. There's the part of it where you're performing music. There's the part of it where you're doing a, a music video, for Christ's sake, you know, where you get behind a camera. And there's, you know, all of the business side of it. And I think with K-pop, one of the big draws for me is the film side of it. You know, they put together these very conceptual, avant-garde, funky, fun, wacky, unique videos to go along with their music. They all have these massive personalities behind camera. They've got so many facets to it. It's not just the, oh, the song sounds really cool and it's fun, but it's also you can watch this really sick-ass visual to go along with it that's even more fun. We have to thank Psy for blowing down the door in the American market, honestly. <laughs> totally. And in terms of like the whole concept of trainees, I don't know much about it. So like I can't speak to its ethics necessarily, but it reminds me a lot of the way that like a ballerina is trained. And so in some ways, it's really, really cool to see these people who have spent a decade of their life training to be this idol, to be this musician or dancer and to then watch them completely excel. One thing about K-pop is that it's always so, not always, but at least the stuff that I've seen, it's very technically perfect. So much of the technique, it takes years of work to train. And it's really cool just to watch people get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. I think this begs the question, Darren Aronofsky, K-pop Black Swan, when? What? <laughs> Sorry. Have you never seen Black Swan? No, I haven't. Sorry. So it's it's a movie all about a dancer, Natalie Portman, who like loses her mind trying to be so perfect. Oh, yeah. At... Yeah. Well, I think that'd be really neat. <laughs> okay. Just done by the same director, just an idol story. Yeah, I think I think that would be great. Yeah, I anyway, I, I feel like I've taken up too much time talking about what I thought was great about August. Do, do you all have anything you want to throw into the ring? Um. Well, I I don't know. Like August has been kind of a, a a little bit of a blip. Like it went by so quick. I I'm another year older now. I think Lily, you are as well. I happy, am. I am. Happy twenty third, everybody. Twenty four. We all we all turned twenty three this <laughs> year, including pizza. Yeah. I listen. Listen. I can't lie to the people like that. I'm twenty four. God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I did my best to get back out there after spending the first part of my summer sort of holed up a bit. I've still been just giving myself some space to get through some healing and some, you know, work stuff. And I think, honestly, it's been a really slow work month for me, which has been weird. And I'm hoping for next month that things really, really pick up. If anybody wants to hire me to do anything, I will be there. <laughs> One other album I really enjoyed this month, and then talking about birthdays, some friends of mine are in this band called Chemtrail. They're a local band here in Nashville. They're amazing. You have to check them out. And um, they just released an album this month called Gap Tooth Smile, and it's incredible. So I would highly recommend listening to it. Nice. Well, that's a lot of good things going on this month, but it hasn't all been good. Does anyone have anything that they really disliked about August? I think I just said that I didn't get enough work. <laughs> and there weren't enough shows to go see. Honestly, it's not quite show season yet, which that that's kind of our yeah. next conversation. But 
I think that as the summer was winding down and the pool parties were sort of coming to a close, it just felt like summer's summer's gone and I'm kind of like feeling a little bit sad about it. And I think that's sort of how August has felt for me. It's like everything has been a little bit slower this month and I'm sort of just waiting for that mm-hmm. excitement to pick up again in, in the world. To quote former guest of the pod, Nombe, summer's gone, but you can be my winter love. Aww. I'm going to go into my cave like a bear and wait for spring again. No more tunes and tumblers until spring. No, that's false. We got some good interviews coming up. I wish I could do that and just not pay rent while I do it. Yes, please. I think that's called subletting. Lily, do you want to come sublet in LA? Why not? Nice change of pace. <laughs> Let's see. Lily, is there anything you disliked about August? I mean, this heat was pretty bad. It's It was 109 the other day. And oh, so God. there just comes a point when they, it's beautiful and sunny out and you want to go spend all your time outside. But the second you step outside you can't bear to be there. So I'm really looking forward to some cooler temperatures the next couple of months and spooky season and all the fun fall festivities. We will definitely be talking more about spooky season next month. I got a couple of things that I really didn't like about this month. The first is that we had a slew of far right country songs that all hit number one. I just found out about this today, but buying a song on iTunes does more to boost it up the charts than streaming it. So like people apparently, you know, people on the far right who are like want to virtue signal their beliefs are paying for these songs on iTunes. I mean, we had that Jason Aldean song, Try That in a Small Town. And then like, I think as of this recording, Oliver Anthony's Rich Men North of Richmond is still number one. And just like, cringe. God, the politics of these songs are so confused. Like I'm listening to them and I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? They, I don't think even they know. Mm. They don't know what's going on. Lily, have you listened to either of these songs? I won't tell anybody if you have. I have not. Okay, probably <laughs> no, keep it that way. It's not really my genre. I listened to them, you know, as research. I did it academically. Anthony, you like country music, though. Yes, but I don't like I like Casey Musgraves. I like Nate Smith. I like Zach Bryan. I like all of these people who are oh, and even Luke Combs to some extent. He just seems like a really nice guy. But I, these these songs there's just you know something in the water about them i listened to oliver anthony's rich men north of richmond and i will say like for i'll throw credit where credit's due at least he was like a singular person who wrote this and not like a farm of writers who are just like how can we make the most people angry and sell this song like with jason aldean i I listened to this song and it's like he has a good point people in the south and in working class america are suffering they can't make enough money they can't get enough to eat and it feels like politicians have abandoned them but then he's like the reason for this is welfare queens and i'm like is it the 90s dude you got so close. You got so close did to what is going writing, on. Did he start writing this like 20 years ago? 30 I, I years don't ago? know. I, I don't know. Lily, I, I love the fact that you're like blissfully ignorant of this. Like you did not have to submerge yourself in this for like the past month. Yeah. And, you know, you'd think being in the South, that would have some sort of effect. But I just avoid that side of country at all costs because there is really great country out there that deserves recognition and that deserves praise and that deserves to go number one or to have that sort of business side of it like appeal and so i just prioritize those artists and ignore those other ones yeah because the only way to 
diminish their popularity is to not actively engage in it. Right. So I guess that we're not doing anybody any favors by talking about it. But <laughs> <Sorry>. I, <laughs> I was listening to Citations Needed and they had, well, I guess a friend of a friend, uh, Drew's friend Alex was a guest panelist who studies music and he was talking about how the charts are really easy to game but none of this is going to leave mm -hmm. a lasting impact and i think that's a really good point you know right-wing pundits found these songs like one of these songs on on tiktok the oliver anthony song and just like blew it up and you know what's really funny like to continue the the, the conversation about his politics being really confused he gave an interview really recently where he was talking about how the melting pot of America is what he loves best about it and about how we need to bring different cultures together and like understand them in order to really stop polarization. And all of his right-wing fans who gravitated around this song just like booed him. And I don't know if he's canceled, but that would be like the quickest cancellation of somebody for becoming too woke, like right after writing a really confused right-wing song. It's like we were talking about before with how much of a business the music industry is, that a part of that business is pushing what will get them the most attention and get them the most money at the end of the day. And so when a business sees that they can use an artist to take advantage of a certain group's political idealizations for their own monetary or social gain, I think it's not crazy to assume that they would do that. And so to have an artist then come out and speak their own political beliefs that might not line up with what they've had to tell their fans they believe, I think that's pretty it's, likely. It's all just it's all just smoke and mirrors, really. I mean, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, if if you want to get a certain demographic to follow you, you kind of have to become what that demographic is looking for. And unfortunately, that could mean for some artists selling out, you know, and I think it's kind of sad because when we talk to Wilma, they like do the opposite. You know, they're they're doing what they love. They're doing what means something to them. They're the, they're creating music from their own hearts. It's authentic and it's them. And a lot of the artists that we've interviewed are like that. And it's kind of heartbreaking to know that there are, you know, so many artists that are putting on the smoke and mirrors that aren't being authentic to themselves just for the purpose of gaining fake fans. Why would you want to stand up in front of a group of people that you don't agree with on anything that are listening to music that you didn't write from your heart. Like it just, it's a, it's a, a massive sham to me. Like that just feels like it'd be a room full of people that are just really not happy. <laughs> Nobody's happy with anybody, not the artist on stage, not the crowd, nobody. That sounds like an awful place. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of this interview that Fred Durst gave. I forget in what publication, but he was saying that at one point in his career, he would look out from the stage and he would just see all of the kids who bullied him in high school. Like, that sounds awful. Uh, well, you know, if you know, if you're writing really aggressive music for a disaffected generation, that's what you're going to get. You play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. True. Anyway, enough wallowing. Uh, we're kind of running out of time. I just wanted to mention something really briefly that I want to come back to in our next round table. It's the fact that Firefest is back. <laughs> yes. So I'm Are not sure gonna... if you saw this, but Billy McFarlane is out of prison. He was seven months in solitary confinement. And apparently while he was in there, he wrote like a 50 page treatise on how he was going to do Firefest this time. 
Uh, it's supposed to be sometime in 2024. Better sandwiches. Better sandwiches. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, tickets already went on sale and they have sold out. The first wave of tickets has sold out, the highest price point of which is $8,000. Are people like people are really not educated well enough? I blame the education. Or they're just here. mortifyingly like curious. You know, <laughs> that. Oh, I, like, not, I wouldn't be curious that enough. That's morbid fascination. That Right. But I'm not $8,000 fascinated and curious about this. <laughs> I don't want to potentially get stuck in the Caribbean like last time, living in a FEMA tent. And being served really, really shit food. Right. That was... It just feels like the Titanic submarine all over again. <laughs> like people with too much money on their hands going, hey, that was a really bad idea the first time. I'm sure the second time it's going to be great. <laughs> I trust you right. after you've been in jail all this time to do better exactly yeah he gets out and he's like i need to do this same thing over again isn't that the definition of madness i think so it's not madness it's it's not a psycho it's a, a sociopath sociopath well I we think. already knew he was a sociopath or a psychopath he might I don't be know. i don't know what it is it's the definition of something like that look i went to school to be a therapist for three years and i still don't know the difference between psychopath and sociopath yeah that's why you call me them all the time oh i do not <laughs> Anyway, this is a developing story. I want to check back in on it because I'm sure we're going to get way more tea as the months go on. So August is over. September's coming up. I'm sure we have a lot to look forward to. What is one thing that we can look forward to, y'all? Well, I'm going to see the Arctic Monkeys this next month, and I am going to be so embarrassing. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much, so much fun. But also, um, Courtney Barnett's releasing an entirely instrumental album called end of the day it's all music from her recent documentary anonymous club and so i'm really stoked to hear that i love courtney barnett i love everything that she puts out so i'm just looking forward to hearing some of her very particular like plucky guitar hopefully that'll be featured at least i'm very excited because again as i said earlier show season is happening um i have been wanting to see the band camino for <gasps> so long are you seeing them i mean i haven't bought tickets yet because you know how that goes you buy tickets like the day before when prices maybe are cheapest or you could you know you know what i mean we could um, also try to just get them I, on the show yeah, and get tickets yeah or that um so on september 27th they're gonna be at the shrine auditorium and it's it's funny because it's like when you go on an artist's website after, you know, hearing them and being obsessed with them for like a couple of years and you're like, where are your tour dates? Where are your tour dates? And they are, there are none. They're like, there are no tour dates on the website. And then finally they show tour dates and they're all in like Europe. And you're just like, are, am I ever am I ever going to experience their live performance? I, I was starting to give up hope. And then the other day I was like, OK, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look up all the artists that are like on my wish list to see perform live in L.A. And I'm going to figure out the dates. So I've got on my calendar all of like my wish list artist uh, dates to see. I haven't bought tickets to any of them. It's just putting it out there on my calendar to be like, if you want to go to the show, they're going to be here. And mm. I'm really I'm really excited at the, the possibility of seeing them and maybe getting a maybe maybe Daddy Mitch can can swing us an email to get us some some passes. Yeah. OK, Papa, get us some tickets. <laughs> Papa, may we please Pop have a Papa, tick? Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> may we have a tick, Papa? <laughs> oh, and then, oh, I guess that's not till October. I will, I'll, I'll save that. Never mind. Who's opening for the band Camino on this tour? No idea. Well, find out. Find out and let us know. I have a trio of albums that I'm really excited for this month. First, Royal Blood is back with Back to the Water Below that comes out on the 8th. I'm a huge fan of them. I love how they're able to like seamlessly blend 
early 2000s dance. So like Justice and Daft Punk with just heavy rock. Like they're just a bass guitar and a drum kit and they're able to turn that into funky dance music. I really loved their album Typhoons, which was the last one. I got to interview Ben Thatcher, the drummer for that. And I, I don't know, I, I've been kind of on the fence about the couple of songs they put out in um, in preparation for this album, but I'm sure diving in, it, it's going to be good. And if it's not, I'll talk about it on the show next time. Uh, also, Mitski is coming out with her next album, The Land is Inhospitable and So Are We. That's on the 15th. And I'm always really curious about her music. I know that she has like a really contentious relationship with with performing and with her fans in particular. I think she's one of the only artists that I have come across who's just like, y'all's uh, parasocial relationship with me is super weird. <laughs> and then they get mad at her. And I'm just like, dude, you're she's totally right. Like you are engaging with her in just like this completely inappropriate way and getting mad at her for stating her boundaries around like what she wants to go on at her shows. So that's that's fucking weird. Anyway, I, I always love her music. And then also Soccer Mommy is back. Uh, they're putting out Karaoke Night EP, so a nice little EP. I'm always curious about Soccer Mommy. Um, she's pretty freaking great. And that's on the 22nd. Anyway, those are my three albums that I'm really excited for, but the release slate is packed. I was looking at all the albums coming out in September, and there are so many. I'm sure there are some that I've missed. You're one person, Anthony. You can't expect to do it all. Yeah, I still haven't listened to the main album that came out a month ago. I've listened to the re- the the releases, like the individual songs that have been released. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Pizza, what are you excited for this month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not too happy if you heard that growl. He's not <laughs> happy about school being back in session. He doesn't are we allowed to say that on the air? What, school? What he just said? School is back in session? Sure. <laughs> Wait, what did I say on the air? Yeah, what did you say? No, I was cut that part out true oh, i was trying to make a joke you're making a work. joke about pizza saying racist stuff on the air pizza yeah, i Drew didn't say t- it was racist <laughs> he's writing a country song right now we better watch out <laughs> anyway this has been a great round table august has been pretty low energy i think i'm still drinking my wine out of a makeshift uh starbucks cup so you know we're doing great we're doing absolutely great aren't we um if somebody wants to pay my rent for september like that'd be cool in fact, this is a great time to bump the Patreon. Um, so yeah, if you like the show and you want ad-free episodes and also they're, they're extended episodes. So we often save the best stuff for the Patreon. So go ahead and subscribe. Lowest tiers are at $3. So uh, there's no excuse for you not to, honestly. Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't. <laughs> Any lingering thoughts, y'all, before we close the bar for today? Nothing in my brain. Yeah, head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> Head empty, no thoughts. I love it. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It helps us out a lot. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find the link to that Patreon I mentioned only a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, so check that out. We got a ton of cool perks. It pays to keep the lights on here, and also it pays Kaylin's rent, which we we love we love to see it. Tunes and Tumblers was produced as always by Drew Franzblau and researched by the one and only Lily Eason. All our digital content is managed by Jamie Kahn. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. We are off next week, but we will be coming back in mid September with a ton of awesome new interviews. Until then. Cheers. Cheers.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 